Good morning. You're listening to Real Life, Real People Radio on this Sunday morning. We're so thankful that you've joined us today. We so appreciate you. And I just want to give a shout out to our listeners. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you listening every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Tell others about us and tune in every Sunday morning. And thank you to our sponsors. I appreciate you and I thank you for your continued support of Real Life, Real People Radio. Today I have a very special guest, a good friend of mine, Whitney Floyd, who moved to this area in August to take a position in our schools in Mount Vernon ISD called Communities in Schools. And I've been able to get to know her since the school year started through a program that we have in Mount Vernon called Mount Vernon Cares, which is a mentoring program for at-risk students in high school who we match with a mentor from the community, an adult mentor who wants to come alongside of the student and each week meet with them and have lunch and just really be a friend, someone who listens. And so I thought I would love to interview Whitney today. So without further ado, hey Whitney, how are you doing? I'm great, how are you? Just great. It's so good to be here interviewing you and actually we're interviewing her right in her office and you Mm -hmm. should see this office. It is so welcoming. She's got very encouraging signs in here. The one I keep looking at, Whitney, is do what you love. Mm-hmm. And I can tell just since I've known you that you're doing what you love. So tell us a little bit about your background and what you do at the school. What is Communities and Schools? So Communities and Schools is a program that helps um, connect at-risk students who may be at risk of not graduating or just have other risk factors in their family life or academically where they're struggling or maybe struggling with attendance where they need somebody here at the school that they can come to who will kind of help guide them, encourage them. Um, And so that's what I do. So I have students all day long coming in here to see me. Um, We talk about grades. We talk about attendance. If they're having something going on at school between them and another student or something at home, they come and talk to me about that. I have snacks. Um, I've got water. Um, So I I like to tell kids I'm like your school mom. You know, while you're here, anything that you would need like that, you can come talk to me about. I've got a bunch of supplies, school supplies, hygiene supplies. Um, Anything that they need, they can come see me about. Um, And I help kids with college and career stuff. Um, And so just really a wide variety of anything that they're really needing. And then, of course, we've got the mentoring program, um, which I love and the students love too. So. Well, just since I've been in here, in between class periods, there were about five or six kids coming in here just to say hi and grab a piece of candy Mm -hmm. or some water from the fridge. But mainly I can tell how much they appreciate you. And you've even told me, you know, the kids don't ever want to leave when they come in here. And I think it's because you are doing what you love. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you're you're the school mom. And and that's important, especially now. There's so many kids that just need to know that they're loved. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about why you're doing this. Um, So, well, if you want to go all the way back, you know, whenever you're younger and people ask you, what do you want to do whenever you are older? And I never knew exactly what I wanted to do. The only thing that would always come to my heart and my mind was, I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. And so um, I didn't really know, my degree is in social work, and so I didn't really know what social work was until um, 
I graduated high school, was getting my basics done at a community college, and was working full-time. And a lady came across um, my path while I was at work who kind of just changed the trajectory of my life. And she was super upbeat and friendly and asked me a ton of questions and just seemed so full of life. And I could tell, like, she just had so much good energy. And I was like, well, what do you do? And she said, I'm a social worker. And so kind of full circle to make a long story short, um, whenever I got my basics done, transferred um, to UNT to get my degree in social work and then had to do my internship, I ended up interning for the same nonprofit that she worked at and she helped me get that internship. And so she and I are still friends to this day and she's one of those people who I'd say like made a forever impact on my life. So she was your mentor. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And now that you know what the importance of a mentor Mm -hmm. can be in your life, you're actually doing that and helping others have mentors. I love that. Well, where did you work with her? You said in another nonprofit. At um, Buckner Children and Family Services, um, which it was in Dallas um, Mm -hmm. where we worked, but Buckner is an international um, organization. And so I worked in foster care and adoption for um, about five years. And after that, I worked in a couple of different roles. I did some contracting roles, did home studies for foster families and adoptive families, um, and worked in kinship care, which would be working with families, grandparents, aunts, uncles who are raising their kids to keep them out of the foster care system. So we had a lot of programs that were geared towards kinship families and helping them. Um, And then so once we decided that we were going to move is whenever I was looking for jobs in this area. And I knew about communities and schools. And so I I applied and, you know, amazing. God Mm -hmm. opened the door and I got hired. Yes. And communities and schools has... Like, how many other schools, I know we're here in Mount Vernon, how many other schools are serviced by communities and schools in this area? Well, so I'm with communities and schools of Northeast Texas, which there is, gosh, I don't probably 20, 15, 20 different schools Mm -hmm. that are represented. Um, But, I mean, there Communities and schools is across is a nationwide mm-hmm. um, program, so they're they're all over. If someone wanted to help, how could they help make a difference with communities and schools? There's a ton of different ways. They can donate school supplies. Um, I have a clothing closet for students, so donating clothing, gently used clothing or shoes. Um, we have a Christmas program where we help families who are in need of Christmas gifts. They can donate during Christmas time. We have a back-to-school drive um, where students can get haircuts and school supplies. So anything like that, family or you know, people are welcome to donate either their time, even for the mm-hmm. mentoring program. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of different ways they can get plugged in if they wanted to. So what would be the best way to contact you here locally in the Mount Vernon area if they were interested? They can call the school and they can email me. What is your email? It's wfloyd at mtvernonisd.net. Say that one more time. wfloyd, F-L-O-Y-D, at mtvernonisd.net. Awesome, awesome. Well, I love the job that you're doing. And and the first time I met you, I guess, was in August when you came here. And we, we met, and you told me a little bit about your background, like you're mm-hmm. telling our listeners. And I could just tell that you have a passion 
for this. It's not work to you. It's a passion to help students. Give us a story, something recently maybe that you've experienced where you just knew, okay, I sh- this is where I need to be. This, you know, the Lord put me here for a reason, and you just you kind of saw a change in a student's life. I know you every day. You could probably tell me a thousand stories, but one maybe recently that you can think of that impacted you. Um, well, I mean, there's been a couple, couple came to mind whenever you said that, but, um, I have students like, I'll just, I'm drawn to, I'm drawn to people, but I'm, you know, since I'm at this job, I'm drawn to the students who maybe are the ones who get overlooked. Maybe are the ones who try to keep their head down and really don't want anyone to notice them. Like when I stand out in the hall in between classes, like those are the students that I'm looking for. Um, and so I'll try to, you know, make conversation and then say, hey, like, come see me if you ever need anything or do you want a piece of candy? You know, so I get them in here. And then once they're in here and I build that relationship, then we kind of go from there. Um, and so some of the students are the ones who really don't want anybody to talk to them or they at least pretend that they don't. Um, you know, I'll start I'll start looking at their grades and start asking them about, you know, things like that. And and you just see them like, why do you, you know, it's almost like, why do you care? Because they haven't had anyone show that kind of interest mm-hmm. before. Or maybe, you know, they've been written off because their grades have been pretty bad for a while. And so um, I'll sit there and I'll say, well, what do you think about me checking in with you once a week? Just to see how you're doing, to see how I can help. And then I've had some of those same students come in here and like jumping for joy. And they're like, this is the first time all year that I'm passing all my classes they just have like their faces are lit up and um you know thank you so much or I have students come in here and and talk to me and they're like I feel all alone I don't feel like I have anybody I can talk to and I let them know I'm like well as long as you're here at the school you can come talk to me I'm here for you no matter what um and so just knowing that they have somebody that they're not alone I think for some of these kids makes the biggest difference so as you were talking I was thinking about some scripture in John 20 Jesus is talking to Peter about whether he loves him because as you recall Peter had denied Jesus three times Mm -hmm. so Jesus gives Peter an opportunity three times to answer the question do you love me Mm -hmm. and I love this because I can just see this in you. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Mm-hmm. And Peter says, yes, I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. Asks him again, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, feed my lambs. And then finally, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs and tend my sheep. So he's really wanting him to look out for those, those people that you're talking about. Those, those people that don't feel loved, that, that need help. And so Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. And of course, Jesus says, follow me. Yeah. So Whitney, you are truly following the Lord in what you're doing. And I just see that more each day that I'm around you. And so I just want to thank you on behalf of all the students and the teachers and the parents. Thank you for what you're doing. You're making a difference. And it just warms my heart to be able to work with you in Mount Vernon Cares. Today, we had our Mount Vernon Cares mentoring program, and it was just really heartwarming to see these students come in. And you can just tell they love yeah. meeting with their mentor. It's, 
it's so encouraging and the mentors love it too and they've built this bond this connection and it's just a weekly come and eat lunch with Mm -hmm. me and they know that their mentor is going to show up and be there in their life and I know that they know you're going to be there so that door is always open Mm -hmm. isn't it and and they come in and and just just like you say want to talk yeah so what you're doing is you are feeding the lambs, you're tending the sheep, and you're feeding the sheep. Yeah. So know that the work that you're doing is making a difference in the kingdom. Thank you. I believe that's what I was called to do. I do too. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with Jesus. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to me? That I feel like that's changed over the years, you know, as, I've, as my relationship with him has grown. Um, I've been through a lot and gone through a lot, and I can relate to a lot of these kids with their upbringing and their past because of some of the things that I've experienced. So my walk with God, there's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, I was raised, I guess you could say, half-time in a Christian home with my dad who um, planted all the seeds and taught me about the Lord, um, but he, he was also a bit judgmental and kind of critical and things like that. Um, and so, and then, you know, living with my mom and my stepdad, um, it, was, it was quite the opposite. And so I, I had a lot of mixed messages. So as a teenager, that was really confusing. Um, and I had to kind of navigate through not just, you know, my walk with God being what my dad said it should be. But as I grew, especially in college, like it had to become my own. And there was kind of a crisis of faith that I walked through, like, throughout college of, is this really what I believe? And I believe the Lord had to take me through that time because it showed me that, yes, it was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just, you know, we can't ride on what our, our parents taught us. that You have to make it your own at some point. And so um, that's what happened. It really, like, me and Jesus. And so even from then, it was a lot of ups and downs, and, and I feel like, He's, Jesus is my everything, you know, like he's the reason that I get up every morning. He's my hope in a world that seems very dark sometimes. Um, so without Jesus, I mean, really, I don't say this to be cliche, like I'm, would be nothing. And, um, he, he's a, he's a thing that fills me with life and joy and love for other people. Um, because on my own, I'm not. I'm not too great, you know, and so any good that anybody sees in me is really from him, and um, I have learned I have to have that time with him every day, um, and I don't, I'm not perfect at it, but I really try, because especially in this job, when you're pouring out so much, you've got to have that time with the Lord for him to pour back into you, and when I realize that I'm not, you and I talked about this not too long ago, and I'm not spending that time with him, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just drained, and so, um, because I'm just trying to be pouring into these kids throughout the day, but then I realize like I'm trying to do it my own strength and I need his strength to do it and to do it well, you know? Right. So, um, that's really, that's really my answer. Well, beautiful. Yeah. I love it. You know, we have similar backgrounds. Yeah. I also grew up in a divorced family and had lived with my mom and had a relationship, saw my dad a lot as well, a couple nights a week and. It was, it was hard, and I think that's why I can relate to these students, because I didn't have that family unit that was together. Even though my, I knew my parents loved me, sounds like yours you know, loved you too, it, there's something different when you have a broken family unit. It's, it's harder. And so 
I think we both have the same burden to help these students and to show them that they are worthy and they are loved. And without the love of Jesus, we can't do that. So I love your answer. Jesus is your everything. I love that. So, okay, what about Jesus in you, the Holy Spirit? What Tell us your thought on, do you know that the Holy Spirit lives in you? And are, do you feel like the power of the Holy Spirit works in you and what you're doing? Have you surrendered or activated the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Um, I think that's, again, that's kind of a work in progress. I was The way I was raised, it was it was all Jesus, which is not a bad, you know, no, but like, yeah. I didn't really Same understand. Same here. Same here. I didn't really understand mm-hmm. the, the work of the Holy Spirit and how he fit in. And so it wasn't really until probably, how old am I? In my 30s. So it's probably been the last five, six years that I've really, you know, I've been in Bible studies and talked to other, other people and really come to more fully understand the Holy Spirit's role um, and that he's a person. Mm-hmm. You know, you can actually like now, whenever I sit down and I have my quiet time, I invite the Holy Spirit into that time. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, like fill me and show me what you guide me in this time with you and mm-hmm. show me what you want me to see, what you want me to hear, you know, open my eyes so that I see what you have for me. Um, and I've started saying, you know, speak Lord for your servant is listening. Yes. Like that's that. from Samuel. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's just such a humbling prayer to pray. Cause I would mm-hmm. not naturally, I, I have a lot of pride I would say. And so for me just to like open my hands as I'm sitting there and speak Lord for your servant is listening. Um, it's just kind of a humbling thing to start that time with and whatever you know whenever I'm praying I know that it's the Holy Spirit who's giving me that power and so I'm still you know I'm still trying to navigate like how does this and I don't think we'll ever fully understand the role Mm -hmm. of God the Father you know the Son and the Holy Spirit and how that and I'm a questioning asker like I want to know I want to understand fully Mm -hmm. and some of the things you know when it comes to the Lord are are a mystery or we may never really understand fully until we're on that side, the other side of heaven. So, um, anyway, it's still something that I'm still trying to kind of figure out and wrap my mind around. And sometimes like we just can't wrap our minds around is God, you know, we're not supposed to, but, and it's a trust thing, just trusting God and knowing that the Holy spirit, Jesus in you will work in you and, and show you things. When you say you pray that the Holy spirit will help you and do things like, do you here in your spirit like or you just kind of know how you're directed or yeah so for me I've talked to to others about this you know some people may hear more of a a definitive voice for me the way that I know I've been praying about something um and I know when God answers is I just have a knowing I just describe it as a knowing Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm somebody who who does ask a lot of questions and I kind of overanalyze things and I'm like well it could be this it could you know just back and forth and back and forth sometimes you know like James you know the waves and the sea and he tells us not to be that way um but then whenever I know it's the Lord speaking is whenever I don't have that and it's just like I've been praying and it's just like this is what you need to do and I just know like that confidence is how I know that that's the, right. the voice of the Lord. And the peace that yes. you feel, you yes, just know. And, and when you're walking in it, you know it's the way. Yeah. You know, when we walk in the way of the Lord through the Spirit and walk by the Spirit, it's different. Because I've walked both ways. And I'm like you, it wasn't until six years ago that mm-hmm. I fully started understanding 
the Holy Spirit and His work in me. And it wasn't until I started studying the Scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, or when Jesus speaks to the disciples in John 14 and 16 about the Holy Spirit, that when He leaves them, it's better that He leaves because the Holy Spirit will be our helper. And I truly agree with you that the Holy Spirit is my helper. He is my helper. And it gives life a new meaning, just that abundant life that Jesus wants us to have. And he says, greater things you will do. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you the greater things that you, Whitney, are doing Mm -hmm. is helping these these students feel loved, which when they grow up, when they have children of their own, they're going to remember some things that they learned from you and that the love that you gave them, then they'll be able to give love. You have to know how to love. And I think it's something you, you're shown when you're young. And it's a shame that a lot of people don't feel loved. But when you understand God's love for you, that changes everything. It changes everything because I didn't really accept Jesus into my heart until I was 18. Mm-hmm. And then it's been just learning and, and really trying to understand. I'm like you. I want to know it all. I want to yeah. know it all. But you're right. We don't, and we may never know all of it, but some of the mysteries are revealed yeah. the closer you get. Mm-hmm. So you say you start out in the mornings with your quiet time. And I know you have a daughter. Have you been? Do you pray with her? Have you been reading to her? I know you attend church. So tell us if the listeners are, what can I do to, to help my children? What are some pointers that you have since you're around kids a lot? So one thing about my dad was he was really intentional with um, teaching me right from wrong and talking to me about things that I think a lot of parents maybe avoid. And so I've learned that, like, even though my daughter is six, I mean, obviously the things I talk to her about are age appropriate, but I'm very direct with her. Um, and, And I want her to know, like, life is, this is for real. This isn't a game. Um, And again, not to scare her, but we have a God who's bigger than anything, but we also have an enemy. And so we've got to take our walk and our faith seriously. Um, And so she, now that she can read, I mean, she's got several different Bibles. She's got the Jesus Storybook Bible and picture Bibles, but she started reading her actual, it's the the real Bible. And she started reading like a chapter at a time and it's on her own. It's been blowing me away. Um, but she sees me sometimes if she's up early enough, me having that quiet time and she'll, you know, I'll ask her, do you want to? And I don't force it on her because I don't want her to look back and feel like she was forced, um, or to have kind of a negative connotation when it comes to the Lord. So I'll ask her. And a lot of times when I invite her into that time, like she wants to spend that time and read with me and then she'll ask questions, you know, and we'll talk about it. Um, and then of course at church, she's in children's ministry and, um, they have their lesson every Sunday, and she'll come back and ask, what did you learn? Um, we we pray together as a family, you know, before we eat, and try to pray every morning on the way in the car to school, um, and also we pray before bed at night. And so one thing I've started doing, because she was pretty shy about it at first, is now in the car sometimes, maybe once a week, I'll say, hey, will you say our prayer this morning? And so at first she didn't really want to, and I was like, okay, you know, that's okay. And now she's getting to where she's fine with it. And so she'll mm-hmm. say our prayer in the morning and, and pray for her teachers and pray for my day at work and daddy's day at work. And 
Um, so it's been really sweet to see her walk with the Lord start to kind of grow too. That's so special, so mm-hmm. special. And so reading the Bible, spending time talking yeah. about the Lord in prayer, it's really the best thing you can teach your children is about the Lord because, like you said, we live in a world that's hard. Yeah. There's a lot going on around us. But if we know the Lord and can know the Scriptures too and remember the, the truth from the Scriptures, kind of write a, you know the Scripture that talks about write these things in your, your heart yes. and, and head and teach them to your children. Wear them on your forehead. Yes. That's what you're doing I mean, is just really yeah. incorporating that into her life, and, and that will serve her well, serve her well. Well, and some parents say, you know, I want to let my, my child decide what they want to believe. And, of course, when she's an adult, ultimately, she's going to have to make that decision for herself. You know, her growing up in a Christian home does not mean that she's a Christian. Um, she has, you know, asked to ask the Lord into her into her life. But I've also been really cause I'm cautious because I want to make sure that she knows what that is. And she's not because when I was young, I felt like my dad kind of was like, you need to do this. And it wasn't until I was a teenager that I really understood what it meant for myself. Mm-hmm. And I made that decision. Yes. So it's really important for me that she understands and that she mm-hmm. knows I'm a sinner. I need the Lord, and it's not just because she feels this pressure. Right. Um, but a lot of a lot of parents will say, even Christian parents, like I just want to kind of let my kids believe what they want to believe, or they'll you know they'll figure it out kind of thing. And and I'm the opposite because if you leave that void, the world is going to teach your kids what to believe, and it's the opposite of what we believe as Christians. And so that is why, like, I want to get the word into her. I want to get right from wrong, what God says right from wrong is, not what the world says, um, into her now. Because just like the Bible says, like, when they're older, they won't depart from that. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about that. that. Because my dad instilled that in me, and I went kind of, you know, went the wrong way for a while. But I came back because I had that. Like, I knew even when I was doing wrong, I knew it was wrong. And I knew right from wrong, and I knew I have felt this the spirit's conviction, even then, of you're not making the right choices in your life. And so I know that if we put that those seeds in her now, that she's going to always know them too. Yes, that's so true. Train up a child in the way they should go. When they are old, they will not depart from it. And you're not old, but you've come back and said, you know, same here. We just we go back to what we know, and your daughter will. And and it sounds like she's on the right path. We just mm-hmm put them on that path and you know when you're on the Jesus path you don't want to leave I mean it's you know we may kind of venture off for a minute but we the straight and narrow path is the way to abundant life not only do we have eternal life and salvation but that abundant life that joy that comes from Jesus and I look at you and your eyes just sparkle with that joy and I'm serious it's it's something that you can see in people mm-hmm. when they're filled with, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So I just love being able to work with you at Mount Vernon Cares and just help these students to feel special. And we have our theme is each student is one caring adult away from being a success story. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to help a student, look around. Yeah. There's somebody that needs your help. There's a child out there that could use a mentor. Yes. And we don't have to have a program to do it. There's people in your neighborhood, in your church, 
in the school, just look around. There's somebody. And, and I like what you said when you pray. Holy Spirit, come into my heart, come into my presence, and show me what I need to do. Well, Whitney, I thank you so much for today, for this interview, and for sharing your heart and your story and doing what you love. We're so fortunate to have you here in Mount Vernon, and I hope you will stay a long time. Well, we love being here and would not hopefully ever dream of moving back to the city. We enjoy the slower pace and the quietness that's in the country and have loved getting to know this community and getting to be a part of the community and the school. And one of my favorite things about my job is Mount Vernon Cares. And so just all the work that you've poured into it, Jill, like, I mean, it's huge. And I see the difference that it's making with students, especially students who've been in the program for years. I do believe it's changed the trajectory of their life. And so that's huge. So thank you for everything that you've done, too, for these kids. Well, you're welcome. It's my joy. I thank you, too. So why don't we pray for these students as we close? Okay. Lord God, thank you so much for this time. Um, Lord, thank you for this day and just this beautiful spring weather. Um, Lord, I thank you for our community. I thank you for these students. Um, I just pray over each of the schools in our area, Lord. Um, Father God, I just pray that your spirit would just enter in and that you would be with all the administration, with the teachers, with all the staff, Lord, at these schools, that you would just open their hearts and their minds to you, fill them with your spirit, Lord, and um, fill them with your love and let them reflect that love to the students that they work with and they serve every day. I know it is such a hard job and it can be so tiresome at times, Lord. Just pray that you would fill them, Lord, with your energy and your spirit and just your breath, Lord. And um, I pray that you would change our communities, that you would bring restoration to um, areas that are so broken um, in our hearts and our families, Lord. Just bring your healing touch. And I pray, Lord, that we um, would rely on you, that we would ask you for help, that we would cry out to you, Lord. And we know, Lord, that you hear our prayers and that you bend down to listen to us. And we just believe that in faith and we love you, Lord, and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Real Life, Real People Radio. You can hear us every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. If you would like to listen to previous episodes, please go to realliferealpeopleradio.podbean.com. And just remember, every day will be a good day when you get real with God. Real Life, Real People Radio, copyright 2022, all rights reserved. Real faith, Jesus the center, real